Hey folks, hope your Q3 and Q4 is off to a good start. We just wrapped up Founder 500 in Austin, Texas. Hundreds of bootstrap founders showed up. It was an amazing time. I loved meeting so many of you. This interview today is a recording from that session, which you're going to love because now we have visuals, we have the founder teaching, and I made every single speaker include their revenue graphs and real artifacts in their presentations. Without further ado, let's jump in. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Please help me in welcoming to the stage Craig Fuller from Freight Waves. Good afternoon, everybody. It's always great to be back in Austin. It's one of the greatest, I think, one of the greatest cities in the country. Um, and it always reminds me of the college football season that is starting up again. So uh, excited that we're back in fall. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, I, I think this bringing together founders to talk about what's happening around the SaaS business and how to build businesses, whether it's bootstrapping, using interesting marketing techniques to acquire customers, that's what this forum's all about. And what I'm going to share with you today is the story of Freight Waves. Now, a lot of people think of us as a media company. We provide supply chain news, data, and context for the global supply chain industry. And we have journalists that write original content. And so if you ask someone who is familiar with the brand, they would suggest that we are a media company. Our investors, on the other hand, think of us as a SaaS and data company. And in the four years since we've launched our SaaS business, we've achieved 20 million in ARR. And we burn about a million dollars a quarter but we add about $2 million of net ARR per quarter. We have some of the most compelling unit economics of any enterprise SaaS company, and we're still growing exceptionally quick. And this is really a tribute to our uh, model of combining media with SaaS. We have coined the term content-supported SaaS, which I will walk through how we built this and how we got this today. So a little bit about FreightWaves, we're based in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, We have about 200 employees and we focus on the global supply chain. So if it's a product that moves through the economy, if it's physically goods part of the economy, that is our focus and that's what we are entirely centered on is understanding what's happening around the global economy. I'll walk through how we provide data and intelligence, but the important thing that I think is really sort of Uh, different about our business is we go to market thinking about what the community needs to understand what's happening in the global supply chain, the community being the community that we've built, and using both content and data to get there. Um, This is just a story of our growth trajectory. You'll notice, and I'll get into this in a few minutes, is that we started out as a media company. That's how we monetized. And over time, data and recurring revenue have increasingly become part of our business. Uh, And we'll talk about what that looks like as we move forward. Um, I often start presentations for folks that don't know who Freightways is and say, the way to think of us as if 
ESPN and Bloomberg had a baby in the back of a semi. And what I mean by that is, if you think of the way Bloomberg has built their business model, they have a really substantial media brand. They're the largest media organization, news organization in terms of editorial and journalists in the world. But they really make money on their data and their subscription products. People pay, companies, traders pay $25,000 a year for this uh, recurrent, for this uh, data platform that brings in the world's economic and financial data. And we are building that at Freightways, except we're focused on the physical goods part of the economy. But we also live in an industry and work in an industry that's very blue collar. And you've got truck drivers, warehouse operators. They need to be spoken in terms of the tone and how you talk to them in their own language. And I think ESPN has done a remarkable job of really becoming, you know, the folks at ESPN are often fanatics. They're former football players, they're former coaches. That's what we do when we recruit our editorial team. We recruit people who are actually on the field to write editorial content so that it's written from a point of authority and it's written from a point of credibility and not written from somebody who's never actually dispatched a truck, driven a truck, uh, or loaded an airplane. So a little bit behind the scenes, 200 employees. We have 50, uh, right at 50 analysts, and I'm sorry, uh, 50 journalists, uh, analysts in data science. Um, we get about 85,000 people a day that tune into our streaming content live. Uh, and then we get about 3 million visitors uh, across all channels across our entire world. 65% uh, of supply chain content is originally sourced from FreightWave. So if you're reading Times, you're reading on Washington Post, perhaps you're reading it in Bloomberg, a lot of that data material actually gets originally sourced through our data and through our content. And it's, as you, anyone who's known, four years ago, people said, can you really build a media business on supply chain? That sounds kind of boring. If you've lived through the last two years, you know that's actually not true. Um, Freightways, as I, I discussed, has a content-supported business model. And what that means to us is we go to market with really two primary products. One is our Sonar data product, which is on average, about $25,000 per year is what customers pay us for the data. And our media offering, which is advertising supported media. So companies that want to reach the same audience, the very same decision makers that we want to reach, are paying to advertise to us. If you've ever watched Bloomberg te television or read Bloomberg articles, you will see services and uh, products that are being pitched to other traders that also happen to be Bloomberg customers. It's the same business model, it's just that we focus on the physical goods part of the economy. Um, our data product, because this is really a SaaS conference, so I'll talk a little bit about what we focus on, is high-frequency data. So we're tracking the global economy and really at what's moving around the world within 24 hours. So. When the virus hit uh, Wuhan, China in January of 2020, we were monitoring what was taking place and preparing supply chain professionals for what was about to come into the United States. When the economy was starting to roar back in mid-April uh, of 2020, it was not apparent to anybody else, but supply chains, you actually see the economy eight to 12 weeks before everybody else does. In March 31st, 2022, I wrote an op-ed that said the, 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 we believe a recession is imminent and the global transport sold off. And it's because the high frequency data that we track is showing what's happening globally 
way upstream. Think about it. If you're building a product, if you're manufacturing a product, if you're ordering a product or a retailer, those products have to move 12, 16, 18 weeks before you see it and consume it as a consumer. So we see that data. And through that data, we publish it and our editorial team brings content to it so that this data all comes alive. Um, our media business, I talked a little bit about it, and I think really the focus of today is this can apply in any industry. I'm a true believer that content supported X models. And what I mean by that, it can work in real estate, it can work in SaaS, it can work in anything. It's basically going at it in an editorial first mentality of developing content that will drive your audience to buy and consume your products. Let's think about this for a second. Everybody in this room is here because of the content that's being produced on the platform. You have come across and become aware of it, not because you're buying something, but because you're intellectually curious about the topic of SaaS. You came here today for the very same reasons that our, com our customers buy our data products. They become aware of what's happening. They become aware of these trends. Oftentimes these trends that we see because it is supply chain and it is upstream happens weeks or months before. Or maybe they're just curious about why is a ship stuck in the Suez Canal going to impact my life? Or why can I get baby formula for my babies? Those things people get curious about and they're really concerned about. And having that information and being the market leader and in providing that context has enabled us to build not only a very successful media business, but also a very successful SaaS business. So when we talk about our media business, our investors often don't really spend a lot of time thinking about media. It's a 50% margin business. Our data business is about an 83% margin business. It operates under traditional SaaS metrics. The reason that they love the media business is it actually generates a lot of cash flow. And that cash flow enables us to reinvest back into our R&D for our data, but it also creates something that we've coined negative CAC. So if you think of a traditional SaaS metric of customer acquisition cost, we actually have a term called negative CAC. So when I'm pitching investors and talking to SaaS investors, they want to see the metrics of your SaaS business. And we provide metrics of SaaS business the way everybody else does. But we have something that very few companies do, which is as we go out and develop content and are developing customers and creating top of funnel, the advertising contribution margins, the profits we make in our media business, actually enable us to have perpetual and almost unlimited growth without having to acquire, pay to acquire customers. That's not to suggest that we don't pay Facebook and Google and LinkedIn an enormous amount of money to advertise like every other company does. But 70% of our deals that come into our, uh, into our uh, enterprise SaaS business are closed because those companies read about the data on our own media business. Um, I want to talk a little bit about data businesses because this is, I, I think, rarely talked about. We think about SaaS businesses, workflow, but I think data businesses are incredibly powerful and it's really what we're focused on. We're not in workflow. We don't match freight. We don't actually provide software that helps companies essentially uh, operate freight movement or track freight. We provide market level data and intelligence that powers some of the largest and mo mo most robust supply chains in the same way that a lot of market data businesses do. One of the thing about 
data businesses, if you can actually get scale and you can actually have market success, is these businesses could live on forever. This is a great sort of example of that. Dun & Bradstreet actually has four U.S. presidents that work for it. Imagine businesses that have been around so long that they can say that, that Abraham Lincoln, Grant, worked in their business. There's very few, and these are data businesses. They don't die, they're like cockroaches. They will live on forever and ever. Because if you become the source of information and intelligence in your market, no one can kill you. Now, as we talk about the economics of data models, it's all about the data. You have to have something unique and proprietary because if you don't, then you become a commodity. They have very slow beginnings, and I'm gonna show you how long it took us to get scale in our data business. It was a very slow go versus the size of our media business and how fast it went. It accelerates over time, and as I've mentioned, they are super sticky, but they're also incredibly rare. If you think of data businesses and markets all over the world, we look at companies like CoStar, which provides uh, construction and real estate intelligence, IHS Market, which is now part of S&P, Bloomberg, DTN, which is all about oil, Morningstar, you probably know it if you've ever bought a mutual fund, S&P Platts. All of these companies are involved in global commodities and markets all over the world. But remarkably, even though 40% of the global economy is tied to supply chain, to physical goods movement, there has not been a central platform for intelligence across all modes. And that's what we've set out to build. So this is our Sonar platform. And what it does is it tracks high frequency supply chain data. We take the world software platforms across it. So we see transactions from Amazon, P&G, uh, Nissan, Nestle. We see the world's freight transactions when they order those uh, trucks and they order their planes. We see it in real time. Containers being loaded in China, we see it in real time. We then provide fundamental data and analysis out to the market, and that enables companies to make and interpret information. This information then gets put into context and intelligence, and we editorialize it through our media business, and that has enabled us to grow our entire platform. So this is our revenue growth. One of the things I wanna point out, because I think this is really important, if you look at our SaaS trajectory, it's very slow. Our, our investors were incredibly patient a long time relative to the media business to build up enough momentum. And we look at subscription, re, uh, data subscriptions as a percent of our revenue. Back in 2018, it was 5%. And to this year is the first year that our subscription data revenue will have surpassed our media business. They're both growing 90% year over year, but the really important part is that now we can truly say that we are a SaaS business first. I mean, a little bit of how we do it is we provide the insights and we do it through a lot of methodology. So we post about 50 original articles a day. We're not syndicating content from Bloomberg or the journal. We're actually writing this stuff, original content. We pay competitive salaries from Bloomberg and the journal. So you're paying a reporter 100, 120,000, maybe 150,000, picking them off from very large uh, media businesses, but they become your primary source of content lead generation. We provide research through white papers that enable us to capture the leads. And then we provide about three hours of streaming live television that goes out to the decision makers that have to get involved in these supply chain issues. So when a president of the United States threatens to shut down the border of Mexico, 
because he wants a wall built and wants the Mexicans to pay for it. If you're an auto supplier and you've got to deal with the threat that next week your, your border is going to get shut down, what do you do? You've got to answer questions to all of the executive management team. What are we doing? Well, we're right now getting a warehouse in Laredo because we don't have a choice, but there's no warehouses there. Where do we go? This is the type of stuff that we get to cover every single day. Um, how do we put our data? How do we make it present? We make it ubiquitous. This is just a few examples. We put it into our articles with embedded uh, into our articles, write editorial content. We put it on a scrolling ticker. We put it into a daily animated video. We put it in data charts and we put it on our streaming TV. We are trying to make it such that people that are in our community are aware of everything that we're seeing and we provide it completely for free. So if you never wanted to pay us a dime, you could easily figure out what's happening around the macroeconomic situation in the economy. In fact, all of you guys are welcome to do it. It's completely free. But if you run a $70 billion logistics operation and you're head of Amazon, a 10% error costs you $7 billion. And that's the, t the reason that the decision makers come and try to understand what's happening around the global economy. And that's why they tune in. When we post our data product, we embed, if you have data intelligence in your product, and a lot of SaaS companies do this as a derivative, we actually have a watermark. And we want these charts shared on social media. We want them in the wild. Because guess what? When you see those charts, I see them on my LinkedIn. I see them on Twitter. I know exactly, and so does everybody else, where they came from because that watermark is there. It's ubiquitous. People know the source. So they can easily share it, and now everyone knows where it came from. In terms of product engagement, we really got into streaming television because we had a very large virtual events business. In 2019, half of my $11 million in revenue came from physical events, 5.5 million. All of a sudden it was zero in 2020 and yet we grew 70%. The reason is we pivoted really quickly into streaming television. And now 60% of the content that we produce is actually consumed through live video or on-demand video that we're embedding our charts into that content. We also have a Sirius XM radio show. They came, they came to us and said, hey, truck drivers are listening to this in their, their cabs. Can we provide real-time intelligence? So every day, Monday through Friday, for two hours, we're talking about what's happening in the market. Now, truck drivers are interested in the spot rate necessarily, but they are interested in market conditions, regulatory issues, they want to talk about and complain about shippers and their dispatchers and the law. Those are the things that we do. Again, it's being a part of the community and doing a lot of things you're not getting paid for because it's all about brand and community equity. Uh, streaming television, we talked about. We have a really robust studio. We have full, 20 full-time folks involved in either our, our television content, producing content, or in our videographer team, and basically, if you came to our studio, it looks like a cable television production studio. In fact, the person that runs the, our studio used to run ESPN International's uh, production. And we built a cable uh, network uh, level in terms of, of infrastructure that enables us to put this information out. Every single morning at 9 a.m., we provide three three hours of content in something called Freightways Now. It's basically a morning show. I know you're probably not that interested in freight, 
But if your job, and you're one of the 8 million people whose job depends on moving the economy, you are interested in what's happening. And we provide a morning show to prepare them every single morning. We have guests, we have charts, we have weather, we have all the things you would expect on the Today Show, uh, or CNBC, or whatever your uh, preferred network is to wake up to, talking about the economy, the physical goods economy, and it's all through data. And again, it's all free. We are not charging for this, but again, it's top of funnel because guess where those charts live? People ask me, how can I get the data that you share on Twitter? How can I get the data that's in on your website? Well, you can come pay us the subscription. We're happy to sell it to you. And it creates an enormous amount of social credibility and market credibility for it. So these are just examples. One of the podcasts we do gets about 100,000 downloads a month called What the Truck because we take the video, we strip the audio and put it on a podcast because we live in a market where there are truck drivers driving across the road. They're not tuning in TV. They want to know what's happening. And then last but not least, we bring the industry together, much like you guys have done, by bringing the industry together by having events. So we, we do two big events per year. We did one in Northwest Arkansas. We did about 3.6 million in that, made about 1.3 million in profit. But it's bringing all of the industry together, the C-level suite, the people they're gonna spend on average more than $10 million a year in CapEx in logistics together to come to our event to talk about the future of supply chain and what's happening, all the market conditions. And it's a two-day commercial data. Thank you, I appreciate it.